You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Tuesday, June the 21st of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in today, each and every day that you tune in. Apologies for this one getting out a little bit late, but we're still getting out before first pitch on this wonderful Tuesday. And we're going to talk about tonight's game as well as yesterday's game, as well as we're going to end the show talking about the Cardinals catchers, because the Cardinals catching has been subpar this year at best. But before we do any of that, I want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Last night was the definition, and I mean the definition, of a pitcher's duel as the Cardinals fought the Brewers 2 to nothing in a game that really what was going to be a tough game from the get-go. We talked about this on Monday's episode about how difficult it would really be for the St. Louis Cardinals to get the win because of who they were facing. Corbin Burns, he struck out 10 Cardinals in his last time out against St. Louis, or 11, struck out 10 this time, both times going 7 innings. He actually walked two batters and gave up a couple hits this time, which was <laughs> hard to believe. But at the end of the day, offensively speaking, and I don't mean to just blow, blow, blow past it, offensively speaking, you do just have to give credit to Corbin Burns. He is filthy. He's one of the best relie- or best pitchers in the game for a reason. He's got a 2-3-1 ERA in 85 innings this year, 110 strikeouts, and a whip under one at .92. This dude is un. Believable. There, there's no question about it. He's one of the top pitchers in the game. My opinion, he should win the Cy Young this year. Was an all-star last year. He, he, he was just, he's filthy. That cutter is something else. He, he knows how to locate and knows how to change it just enough to keep bitters off balance. So to me, when I look at yesterday's game as to why they lost, you have to look at Corbin Burns, number one, because of how dominant he was. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you go to fast forward to the ninth inning when you're going up against Josh Hader, who hasn't pitched in a while because of paternity leave. Congratulations to Mr. Hader and his child, which I believe I heard some complications uh, during the birth, but everything is okay, so thankful for that. But you got somebody that's a little rusty on the mound. You've got Paul Goldsman at the plate, tying run, and Brendan Donovan gets thrown out on a pitch that didn't get five feet from the catcher. It's a difficult play to be too harsh on because of the type of player Brendan Donovan is. Brendan Donovan is an aggressive baseball player. He's a really good baseball player. For those of you who have listened for a while or haven't listened, just so you know, I love Brendan Donovan. Brendan Donovan is one of those guys that's really easy to cheer for, in my opinion. Does a lot of things well. Does a lot of things right. Little things as well. And I think he got over-aggressive. And it's easy for me to sit here and say that when he got thrown out. Okay, I recognize that. But if I was saying that in the moment, texting my grandpa about it, how that cannot happen. And as soon as the ball got in the dirt, I said audibly with people I was watching, no, don't go. Again, it's difficult because you had a very similar situation that Oliver Marmol outlined in the postgame comments a couple weeks or a couple of nights ago against Boston when he'd stretch a single into a double with two outs and Paul Goldschmidt up next again. Paul Goldschmidt ended up striking out in that situation, and he got out this time as well, but 
you just have to have, in my opinion, better awareness as to who is coming up after you. You've got Paul Goldschmidt, who is out today with a sore back. Hopefully he'll be okay for tomorrow. This is just a precautionary off day, according to Oliver Marmol. But you've got Paul Goldschmidt on deck, MVP candidate, leading the league in all-star votes right now at that first base position. Now he's reigning player of the week from last week, so you got that to go along with you. If you've got him up as the tying run, I know it's Josh Hader. I know Hader is probably the best reliever in baseball, best left-handed reliever in baseball, at least in the National League. It's going to be a tough regardless. So the way I look at it, you can't give them extra outs. And I will and I will say this. If Brendan Donovan was safe there, which he was called safe initially, and then replay showed he was out. If he is called safe there in the end and he stands on second base, then I think it's easy for us to kind of just blow, blow by it or brush past it. But I still think I'd be sitting here today saying I don't like that move. I love Brendan Donovan. I love his aggressiveness. So, it's again, it's a balancing act, right, of you love the aggressiveness, but you need to be smart and aggressive. Marmol talked about it post-game. KD Wu did a great job pointing out that he doesn't make these mistakes very often because he doesn't. So it was, it was weird to see him make this kind of mistake, and it ended up costing the Cardinals a chance. You know, the next two batters are retired, and you go – game log or uh, play log in that ninth inning, you have him reach out on an infield single that was also reviewed, got him out at first base, you've got Goldschmidt striking out, and then you've got Nolan Arenado grounding out. So, did that truly have an impact on the game? You can make an argument, probably not. But it had an impact on the chance that the Cardinals had, because the dynamic completely changes when you have Goldschmidt up as a tying run versus Goldschmidt up with one out and the base is empty and a two-run lead. The dynamic from Hayter's perspective, the dynamic from the Cardinals' perspective, it all changes completely. So with Brendan Donovan making that mistake, it's not one to crucify him for, or say he's he, terrible, it was awful, cost the Cardinals. It was one play in a, you know, a game that you really were going to have a tough time winning anyways, but I still look back at that play and wonder what if. What if Goldschmidt's able to put one in the gap or Hader makes a mistake because he's thinking about the runner on first, runner on second, if he's called safe, maybe, but what if? And again, just to reiterate the point again, I, I said this already, that is not the play that lost the Cardinals the game. It wasn't. What cost the Cardinals the game is the fact that Corbin Burns was pitching for the Brewers, and you back that up with Devin Williams and Josh Hader. Devin Williams was filthy last night. Just filthy. And you look at the Cardinals' perspective. You had Miles Michaelis go six and a third, four hits, two earned, two walks, three strikeouts. Gave up the one quote-unquote mistake home run pitch. The two-run shot in the fifth to Tyrod Taylor. Beyond that, he matched Corbin Burns pitch for pitch. He really did. Michaelis continues to go out there and, and cruise. It's his fourth start in a row now. Third start, excuse me. Then beyond him, credit to Johan Oviedo. Was he aided by his defense, Oviedo? Heck yeah. Kind of transitioning to a positive from yesterday's game. How spectacular was the Cardinal defense last night? Nolan Arenado in particular. Making a diving play to his left. Getting up, throwing the second base from his knees. You saw Tommy Evan make a couple of nice plays. We really get spoiled watching this Cardinal team play defense. I truly believe that. Because there's not a team in baseball that has this, this much excitement all over the field. 
Dylan Carlson, Harrison Bader in the outfield, O'Neal when he's when he's playing and healthy, Paul Goldschmidt at first base, Nolan at, at third, Edmund at second or short wherever he's playing. Nolan Gorman has impressed a little bit this season. And Miles Michaelis said that he has spoiled himself and that he, you know, it's almost expected that this Cardinal team go out there and make those kinds of plays because they continue to make it. Tommy Edmund is the definition of an all-around player. I know he went over for the strikeout last night, but he was facing Corbin Burns. But he can do just about everything and just about everything well. You even saw Brendan Donovan, who's a natural infielder, lay out in left field and almost make a spectacular catch late in the game. Seventh or eighth inning. Cardinals have some athletes on this team that can flat out play. So that's why the, the excitement for this team is still there. Obviously, there, there's work to do with this series, but the, the point of this segment here, to kind of sum it all up, really is there are some days where you just have to tip your cap. And unfortunately, the, it, that happens to the Cardinals every time they face Corbin Burns. But yesterday was just another in the series of Corbin Burns being flat-out spectacular and the Cardinals really having no answer. And again, the Cardinals are not the only ones with no answer. Mentioned the 2-3-2 ERA, the whip under 2, 110 strikeouts in 85 and two-thirds of innings pitched. He's only got five wins, but he's still spectacular. Stop before that, he gave up two earned runs against the Mets in six innings, and he struck out eight in that start. I understand people score runs off of him, but not many people do, so it's not like the Cardinals are an anomaly in the sense of they're the only ones not hitting Corbin Burns. A lot of people are not hitting Corbin Burns. I knew we, we knew going in this was going to be the most difficult game of the series to win. At least I did, and I thought I shared that on Monday's show. This was going to be the most difficult to win, and it proved to be extremely difficult, and that's why the Cardinals lost. Tonight, you have a new starter on the mound for the Brewers due to Aaron Ashby going on the I.L., and Jack Flaherty gets his second start. How can the Cardinals bounce back and get a win? And it does get even tougher and still, maybe not tougher, but it remains tough because, A, it's the Brewers, and, B, Goldschmidt not in the lineup tonight. So I'll talk about those things coming up here in just a moment, but first I do want to tell you about our title sponsor today of today's episode, and that is rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now almost impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts your car will ever need. Why endure often pointless or intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer from their warehouse that only brands they carry? You have computers and phones with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket on the go. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for each and every customer. They have everything you could possibly need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Be sure to write locked on in there. How did you hear about this box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Jack Flaherty start number two this season. As I think my green screen messed it up on YouTube, but start number two as uh, he will get his next crack at the starting rotation. He went three innings his last time out, gave up four runs. Uh, two of those were earned in that start. He walked two, struck out three, gave up three hits against the Pirates. 
You get to start today. It'll be catching with, with Andrew Kisner, and the Cardinals will be going up against a new arm, uh, different than what they thought, in Chichi Gonzalez, who won two games this year, seven innings pitch, just four strikeouts, has a 7-7-1 ERA, a career 5-6-9 ERA. For Chi-Chi in 63 games, he's 9-23 and in 268 and two-thirds seven inning. This is his first year with Milwaukee. Spent time in Texas, Colorado, and Minnesota before this. But focusing on Jack Flaherty, execution is key. He's got 75 pitches to work with tonight. 75. Hoping next time out that he has no limitations and they can just send him out there and say, go pitch. Even if Jack Flaherty struggles today, like he struggled his last time out. That still, to me, does not mean that he is a bust, that his season is over, that he's not who we thought he was. If he does this three, four more times, then we can have a conversation of how really effective is Jack Flaherty. But I talked about this last Wednesday on the show before he made his start, or Thursday after. I forget which one it was. A healthy Jack Flaherty is a good Jack Flaherty. We have seen that. So the key is execution. Jack uses that word a lot after his starts, whether it's a good start or a bad start. Miles Michaelis last night, did he strike out the world? Was he as dominant as his no-hitter? Maybe not, but he was able to work out of not one, but two leadoff doubles because he executed his stuff. His control was impeccable. It was phenomenal. He executed. That's what Jack Flaherty has to do tonight against this Milwaukee Brewers lineup. period. Flaherty struggles against the Brewers a little bit, especially on the road. You remember in 2020, that one start he made, uh, not one start, the one, one blow-up start that really killed his ERA and killed his season statistics was in Milwaukee in that 2020 start. So we're looking for a little bit of redemption. Going up against Yelich, Adamas, Telez, McCutcheon, Renfro, Caratini, Orias, Peterson, Tyrone, Taylor is the starting lineup for the Brewers tonight. There, There's no other way to really say it outside of it's time for Flaherty to execute. He needs to be a, a guy for the Cardinals this year that is dependable, that can go out there, get outs at a consistent level. He said he was ready to start at the major league level, that he wanted more intensity rather than a higher pitch count. So instead of going 75 last time in the minor leagues, he went 60 in the majors. This time he's up to 75 in the major league level. Hopefully, hopefully that's five innings. Maybe six if it's really efficient. And if it's really, really, really efficient, seven innings. Obviously, the goal is to just throw throw your 75 as effective as you can and hope for the best. But I really think a goal for Jack Flaherty should be not just throw 75, but get through five innings. And I know that he was faced, you know, another negative or daunting thing about this is that he was facing the Pirates last time. That's a bad lineup. And he was only able to go through three innings. Again, in that start, for those of you who don't remember, a couple of little things didn't go his way. Brendan Donovan at first, not being able to complete a double play that you would assume Paul Goldschmidt would be able to complete. And a couple of fielded bunts that were fielded poorly. One he made an error, Yachty made an error. Again, little things that don't tend to happen very often. So if those little things go his way, it's a different start. It's completely 
completely different narrative. Maybe he even is able to complete uh, the six, 60 pitches on four innings or five innings, and he does a good job, maybe. And again, you're going to have these little things go wrong in a lot of different starts, so I'm not saying that this was just a weird fluke that everything else should always go right. But I do say that to point out that not a lot of it was in his control. What I'm looking for tonight, for Jack Flaherty to be successful, control what he can control, which is what I started this segment out talking about, execute. Command the zone. His command was off in his last start. There's no question about it. Even though he might not have walked the world, it was not, it was not always ineffective, and you could tell when he was missing, he was missing by plenty. Because in those three innings of work, he only only walked two, but still, you also walk two in three innings of work, depending on how you want to phrase it, which semantical way you want to put it. But Flaherty should take a step forward tonight. That that's what I'm looking for. Even if he only goes only goes four innings, let's say, if the stuff is better, that's a win. Your bullpen is well rested with your top guns. Haven't seen Helsley in some time. Haven't seen Gallegos in some time. Cabrera threw two days ago. But Gallegos and Helsley are well rested. That is a good thing for the St. Louis Cardinals team. Because especially when your starter in Jack Flaherty likely won't be able to go much more than five innings. Again, maybe six, maybe maybe seven, but likely five to six is what to, to actually expect. But when this bullpen is rested, especially Geo, this bullpen is deadly. You also have to look at maybe their bullpen is a little bit depleted. Maybe. Williams threw 16 pitches yesterday, and Hayter did as well. Uh, Hayter probably a little bit more ready to, to bounce back than Williams is. But still, from the Cardinals' perspective, their bullpen is rested. You've got Flaherty on the mound. The big question out, beyond, once you get beyond Flaherty, okay, Flaherty's out. Let's say it's the fifth, maybe the sixth inning when Flaherty gets taken out. How do you bridge the gap? From that, you know, fifth, sixth inning to the eighth inning for Gio and Helsley. Do you have? Do you want to go Gio for two because he's rested? Do you want to bring Gio in the seventh inning? Or are you going to go Cabrera? Oviedo's done. He, he threw yesterday in inning and two-thirds. He was aided by his defense, but he did a nice job yesterday. So he's not going to be the bridge guy. Maybe Zach Thompson is the one going to piggyback off of Jack Flaherty tonight. Zach Thompson has done a nice job, and he was said he was going to get more innings. Or at least uh, Marmol said that about him, going to get a T.J. McFarlane-type role. So maybe we see Thompson bridge the gap. In an ideal world, Flaherty goes 5, Thompson goes 2, Geo Helsley 8-9. Now that is also contingent on the Cardinals getting a lead in this game. And with the Brewers, no matter who is pitching and no matter who is rested in that bullpen, the key is getting a lead early and not being down late, because coming back against this Milwaukee Brewers team is one tall task. And we've seen that time and time and time and time again. I'm looking forward to this Jack Flaherty start. I'm pumped. I really am. I think I'm always being a big Jack Flaherty guy. I think he has the stuff to compete at this level. I like Flaherty a lot. So we'll see what he's able to do. To finish up the show, talk a little bit about his battery mate tonight, as well as the Cardinals' full-time catcher and Yadier Molina. And now the catching for this this team this season has been subpar, despite the farewell tour of Yadier Molina and how that is very exciting and very well-deserved. The statistical, the statistical output by the Cardinals' catchers this year have been below average. We'll talk about that next. But first, I'm going to tell you about the best-tasting built bar in the business. Or best tasting protein bar in the business, and that is Built Bar. 
got it a little sooner there. And I want to tell you about a new flavor as well. This flavor is mud pie. You know our friends at Built Bar are always coming out with new amazing flavors. They have outdone themselves this time with the mud pie. Not sure what it tastes like? Well, if you're a chocolate fan, which I am, you're going to love it. Because the new mud pie bar is rich whipped cream and chocolate mousse smothered in 100% real chocolate and topped with cookies and cream crumble. That's right. You've got to get yourself some mud pie as soon as possible. And you need to hurry because mud pie bar and mud pie puff are only available for a limited time. They are going fast. Visit built.com to taste the deliciousness for yourself. Not convinced? That's okay. Luckily, we've saved the best for last because everything I just described to you is actually good for you. No, really. All Built Bar products are low calories, high protein, low sugar. For example, the mud pie is packed with 16 grams of protein, only 150 calories, and only 8 grams of sugar. It's like your mom baked the most deliciously creamy chocolate mud pie and wrapped it up just for you. What's great about Built is that all their bars are made with the collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides a ton of health benefits. Eat something that tastes good and is good for you. You're going to love a new milk, the new Built Bar of Mud Pie, Built Bar, and the Built Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a light late-night treat, or you just want to grab a quick bite, go to Built.com now. And be sure to use promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, to get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Cardinals catchers this year have been underwhelming. Obviously, anytime Molina does something, it's, it's fantastic because we don't know when it's going to be the last time. He's racking up milestones. He's racking up records, all these things. Kisner started out well. He's, I think he's ready to play, but he hasn't shown that a lot this year. Cardinals catchers have been underwhelming. And just a quick note before I get too deep into this one. One live NBA draft show is not enough for Locked On to the entire NBA channel is going live on NBA draft night. So if you have a favorite team, I don't know, around here, uh, Bulls, maybe up north you go in the Bucks, maybe you're a Warriors fan, just won the championship, you could subscribe to their Locked On YouTube channel to get notified when they go live on draft night. So back to the Cardinals catchers here. Looking at Kisner and Molina, who are the two that have spent time at the catching position. According to BaseballReference.com, 69 games between the two of them. 69 total games. Defensive position outlook from the catching position. 261 plate appearances, 244 at-bats. Catchers this season for the Cardinals are slashing 201, 250, 275 with an OPS of 525. All of those are the lowest from any position from the St. Louis Cardinals this season except for the pinch hitting. Total OPS plus 63. That is also the lowest among any Cardinal starting position. Only got three home runs, 20 runs driven in. They struck it out 51 times. Scored 19 runs. But keep that slash line in mind. 201, 250, 275. When you look at the league catching position, their slash line is 221, 291, 356, and a 648 OPS. So again, not great, but that is the league average. 221, Cardinals catchers, 205. 201, excuse me. League average on base, 291. Cardinals catchers, 250. League average of slugging, 356. Cardinals catchers, 275. League average OPS from catchers, 648. And for Cardinal catchers this season, their OPS stands at 525. 
bottom line, they're not getting the job done. And I hate to be overly critical of Molina because he is such a good catcher of his generation and a legend and all these things, but we need to be practical with this here. Molina and Kisner are not getting the job done. So does this mean that the Cardinals go out and trade for Salvador Perez, which I've seen some people want on Twitter and Facebook? No. Not even in the slightest. We're just going to have to wait and see which of Kisner and Herrera are going to step up. And if and I will say this, if neither one of them step up this year, or in the next 10 days, because when Yadi comes back, Herrera's going back down, unless Kisner gets hurt, that does not mean that their entire career is a bust. We saw Kelly, Carson Kelly thrive for at least a little bit outside of St. Louis and Arizona, hitting uh, had a good home run season after the Cardinals traded him for Goldschmidt. But it can't go like we we can't just ignore this. I think when you look think of the about the Cardinals' offense, it's a pretty strong offense. They're overall top five offense in baseball, maybe top eight, top ten, but depending on which categories, which metrics you're looking at. The catching position has been by far the weakest. The only reason shortstop isn't is because DeYoung got sent down and Edmonds been playing there. Is there an immediate short-term fix? I don't think there is beyond one of them getting hot or beyond one of them starting to produce, starting to perform. I really don't think that there's any other thing the Cardinals can do because they're not going to go out and trade for a short-term catcher. They're not going to go out and trade for a long-term catcher because next year, after Molina retires, the battle will be between Kisner and Herrera to start. And you could do a lot worse for yourself in terms of for the future. Obviously, right now, I mentioned the stats aren't great. But I, he, Herrera has impressed at every single level. I, he's a, he, I think he's different than Kelly. I think he's different than Kisner. I think that the Cardinals, at least I kind of thought the Cardinals' plan was this would be the bridge year for Kisner to start and Herrera would be the backup. But then Yachty decided to continue to at least moderately produce or produce enough for, to get a contract. And now I think Kisner's going to be forced out of a job here soon. Because Kisner doesn't have a starting job right now except when Yachty's hurt. And Ivan Herrera is right on the tails of Andrew Kisner. I think next year you're going to see both of them split time. I think Herrera's that good. See how he's able to develop this season in the minor leagues and what he does in the offseason. But for the first time in a, for, for a while... There's really no defending it right now from the Cardinals' standpoint that they have a weakness at the catcher, offensively speaking. Yeah, you, know, you, you might want to say, well, Yachty's been down offensively for years or for, for X number of years. You could still make an argument that Molina was producing, but this has been a career low for him, career low for really a, a, a low output for catchers, plain and simple, as I've outlined already. So what's the short-term fix? I don't know if there is one. Other than, like I said, Kisner and Herrera getting hot. Let me know where you think the short-term fix would be or what the fix should be between the Cardinals and uh, their catching dilemma because I do think that there is one at this point in time. So uh, hoping that Kisner can get hot, really, because he's going to be the one getting getting the starting job for most of it. Um, I'm looking forward to see more of Herrera as we move along. He struck out three times in Boston on Friday, uh, Friday or Saturday. Um, but I am looking forward to seeing more of Herrera. But tonight, again, to circle back as we finish up the show, Jack Flaherty Day. Happy Jack Flaherty Day to all those who celebrate. Going to have to execute. That is the one word I'm, I'm leaving you with today for the for Jack Flaherty to do. That is execute his pitches, find control, command the strike zone, 
execute, execute, execute. Let me know your thoughts on today's show about anything I talked about in the YouTube comment section, or you can email me at lockedoncards at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at LJFastball, DM the show on Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. And no matter what you do, be sure to subscribe and follow along on the Locked On Cardinals podcast, whether it's YouTube, podcasting platform, or social media. Thanks for following along. Until I talk to you guys tomorrow, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.